So I really am excited for you guys to hear this podcast. This is the first person I've interviewed that is in a different network marketing company, but is extremely successful. And I was extremely nervous to reach out to him. And I think you hear that when I start to edify him and he talks about his gratitude for me for having him on the podcast, which, you know, it's really crazy. I I will record a podcast with just me explaining this, but I want to explain imposter syndrome to a lot of you because for sure I am one of those people who struggles with that. It was an absolute what that this man would not only get on the podcast, but talk about how excited and honored he is. So really, really crazy, but I know you're going to love this podcast. He is a big thinker and I just want to forewarn you, please have a pen and paper out. He has so many one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three steps to his success. And in the show notes, please check those out. I will link his website. He sent me his website for those of you who maybe will be looking for some of his free resources. So he didn't ask me to do that. uh, But I think it's the least I can do for the amount of content he's about to give to you. So hope you guys have a great day. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. Make sure you share it with a friend. I would definitely share it with your teams. Uh, You know, he's just he's one of those living legends. So enjoy. Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag boss Lee or the people's mentor. And I have a treat for you today. I'm so fired up. Oh, like I could not even. Y'all know I'm all about energy. I'm all about all the things. Uh, and this is actually one of my favorite network marketers of all time because it's weird to say, but I would probably not be a network marketer. I might still be a direct seller if it weren't for this man. And I will tell you that story in here. But first, I want to let you know about him before he throws down about the importance of residual income, about the importance of recruiting, and even more about building people. And who knows where this conversation is going to go because he is just a ball of knowledge. I love spending, I get to spend uh, an hour with him every Wednesday and he is just one of those people that when his mouth opens, mine shuts up and I get out the pen and paper and I just rip. So I highly suggest you share this with people. I highly suggest you screenshot this and put it in your stories. Uh, This man is Mr. Brian Carruthers. He lives in Virginia. For those of you who are Virginia folks, he started his career in real estate and actually had a lot of success for somebody in real estate because he is just a very driven man. He's a he's clearly an achiever. He's clearly goal oriented. Uh, but then 25 years ago, he shifted into the network marketing space. He's been full time for 21 years and he actually is one of those people who does what I say to do, which is uses his liquid income from network marketing to build a large investment portfolio, which has built wealth for his family. And really that ties into that residual and passive income conversation. So I don't want to take up all the time. He is a loving husband. He is also a father and I love watching him with his little babies. So with with no further ado, we have Mr. Brian Carruthers. Yay! Wow, I, I I don't even know what to do after that. It's it's uh, it's so cool. Every time I see you at a big event, um, or I see you on online doing your Facebook lives, that get that gets more attention than uh, the president does. I mean, it's just so cool watching what you've done. I mean, we used to be neighbors. We used to live ten minutes down the road in uh, Montgomery County, Maryland, before I moved over to Virginia, and you moved out as well. But um, I'm, I'm honored to be on here, you know, and what you, what you said, you know, uh, just to kind of um, share a little bit more color on my story. Um, there's a lot of rags to riches stories in the network marketing, you know, industry, you know, so many people that they didn't have anything else to do. Like they were stuck at a job. They were frustrated financially. 
Um, maybe they were broke and they saw network marketing as a way out or a way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you see the, so, so many of those stories. And I love those stories. Uh, I don't have that story. Uh, I don't care how, where somebody comes from. It's where you go. that matters the most. Uh, my story is not rags to riches. Mine was, I was already making six figures. I was already living in a real estate family. Prudential Carruthers Realtors signs were all over Maryland, DC, Virginia. We had 24 offices, you know, massive, massive business. That was my dad's company that my parents started and my brother and I were walking right into that into that uh, realm. That was going to be my life for the rest of my life. I was going to do well. But I learned about network marketing. It captured my attention because in real estate, we don't have residual income. We only get paid on the houses we sell and we stop selling houses or income stops. So when somebody shared with me the network marketing model and a particular business that allows for residual income, I said, I can't unsee what I just saw. <laughs> right. I had to do it part time on the side. You know, Jim Rohn always said, you work hard all day at your job to earn a living, but you should be working spare time, nights or weekends, building your fortune. Well, I wanted to, number one, build a residual based fortune. That's why I got this shirt. I love my residual income. Yeah, right? you guys can't see his shirt, but he's got this I love my residual income shirt. And I feel yeah. like I need one, but I digress. <laughs> we will get you one. We'll get you one. But, so, uh, but, but the second thing is I wanted to um, do something of my own. Like it's okay to go walk into a family business, but that if at the end of the day, at the end of my life, that wasn't a business that I started and built. That was my parents, second generation. There's something missing there for me. So the residual income nature, being able to do something on my own and the, the really the wonderful thing about the network marketing business model is you only do well by helping other people. If you're a great salesperson, you can go sell stuff. You can sell houses. You can sell bottles of something. You can just sell. You can sell stuff and make money. But if you want true freedom, when I wrote my, my book last year, Untrapped, I talk about the three forms of income, linear income, getting paid on what you do, leveraged income, getting paid on other people's efforts, OPE, and then residual income, getting paid off of something you did one time over and over and over and over and over again. So, so I don't want to cut you off, but I do want people to write that down. So those three types of income, and I would ask you to pay attention to how many of those you have. If you're only getting that linear income with when you're selling something, can you maybe start to open your mind to the idea that, hmm, it might be nice to start having some leveraged income. Oh my gosh, I could get paid off of other people's efforts. Like I, I, I want you all to hear that because he said, you only do well by helping people. And so the people with the biggest hearts, it's not the people that are super aggressive. It's the people who genuinely, like Brian, want to help people who are having that third type of income, which of course is residual. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And, and so here's the thing, you know, it's the alignment of interest, right? So if, if Jesse Lee, if you were getting into real estate, and let's say I was like the top dog real estate guy in Montgomery County, Maryland. And you came to me and said, Brian, teach me what you do. Why in the world would I teach you what I do? <laughs> if I show you my secret sauce, then guess what? You'll go out there and you'll be my competition and you'll to- take market share. You'll take my clients. So I would, I would hurt my own living by helping you to learn how to do what I'm doing well. 
I'm really thankful you're saying that as somebody who was extremely successful in real estate and not just somebody who, you know, uses hyperbole and tells some kind of anecdotal story like, oh, well, I know somebody who's like, you were a very successful realtor. And here you are on this podcast telling people why on earth, if I'm the successful realtor, would I genuinely give somebody my best tips who is going to become my direct competition? I think that that's 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 something so powerful. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so here, it, it, I call it the alignment of interest. So whether it be um, somebody wanting to learn from the top realtor how to go out and sell houses, or uh, maybe it's you want to learn how to play golf really well, but you can't, do you have access to or could you afford to go learn from Jordan Spieth or Rory, you know, Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods or something like that. Oh, I know Tiger. I know Tiger. Okay. I was like, get to a name. I know. And they wouldn't have the ability to pay for it. If they, I mean, if you wanted to learn singing and you wanted to go get around John Legend, well, I, you know, when I actually proposed to my wife, Melissa down at the cloisters in Georgia, um, I, I actually reached out and looked into getting John Legend to come down and play a song during the actual proposal. Wow. Do you know how much it would cost me to have John Legend? And this was, by the way, this was um, whatever it was now, uh, five years ago. It, it would have cost $300,000 for John Legend to sit in a chair and play on the piano and sing one song, $300,000. So here's what my point is, guys. Wow. Uh, so needless to say, I got a different, a different artist, an amazing <laughs> artist, and it was amazing, and, and it worked. We're married now. We have kids. But the alignment of interest of where, if you wanted a mentor, you know, when we, you, you and I were just at an event months ago out in Las Vegas with Harvey McKay and Lou Holtz and Grant Cardone and Eric Thomas and Eric Worre. You know, one of the biggest takeaways, one of the biggest notes I took, and something I already knew, but it was an incredible note. Eric Worre said on stage, the most valuable thing you'll ever find in your life is a mentor. And I ask people all the time, who's your mentor? People say, oh, my mom or my dad. No, no, no. Those are your parents. Who's your mentor? A mentor is somebody who's achieved greatness in their chosen path and is willing to turn around and teach you and help you to do what they did. Well, most people don't have a mentor. They don't know how to find one. And if they wanted to find a great, 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 great mentor, they wouldn't be able to afford to pay for that person's time. But here's what network marketing does. It takes the best of the best in this business model and gives everyday average people like us access to them. And we don't have to pay them to mentor us because the company that we're a part of with them pays them for us. So if I can get into a network marketing business and there's somebody who's already making a million dollars a year and I show up with a good coachable attitude and I'm willing to put in the effort and I've got a burning desire and I show up on the X and that mentor meets me at the X and will show me and work with me and help me to achieve great success in network marketing because a company pays them. The better I do, the better they do. That's the only situation I've ever seen in business where there's a true alignment of interest Mm. that you or I don't have to go pay for because the business model already pays for it. I love network marketing for that reason. So I I have a question. I love that, by the way. Take takes the best of the best and the company actually pays them. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it like that. And I love that because of course you want to mentor your team. Of course you want to coach your team. It directly, uh, the interests are aligned. And I, I love that. I especially love companies where maybe there's a bonus pool or something. And then it's like, everyone's got camaraderie. I think that's, 
powerful. So you're mentioning mentors. I'm curious, 25 years in the network marketing profession, millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars made. Who are some of the mentors you have had uh, that you feel like have elevated your success and turned you into the Brian Carruthers that we all know and love? Uh, for sure. I mean, um, I don't know that I've ever actually said uh, specific names like this, but I'll go way back in time. My Some of my first mentors were with a company called ACM, uh, Oren Solomon and Mike Kane. I was a part of their organization, and I learned a lot from those guys. I wound up in TPN with Jeff Olson and Eric Worre. I had mentors there. I was, in the, I was part of the team with Scotty Kufus and, and Dan Stamen. I learned a lot from those guys. Um, when I wound up in the company I'm in now for the last 21 years, I just got around, you know, people like Dave Cibola, who is a top earner in the company who's uh, passed away and we miss him dearly. But, um, you know, learning from people who came before you um, and, and, and it's, I think all of those people together collectively uh, were network marketing mentors. And then I had personal development mentors, uh, Paul J. Meyer, who was an investor with TPN with uh, Jeff and, and Eric. Um, Paul J. Meyer was a billionaire and he was a known as a grandfather to the entire personal development industry. He authored and sold over $2 billion of his own books and audio programs. He was a founder of Success Motivation Institute. I had 10 years with him. Matter of fact, when I hit the top level in my company in my first six months, and I kind of broke some records, um, Paul Meyer bought me a Lincoln Navigator as a gift. I'm like, I mean, how cool is that? And I, I think you know, it was great because he was rewarding me, but he's also showing all the other aspiring leaders, hey, go do what Brian did, and there's great stuff that will happen to you. Uh, but getting around people like that um, allowed me to expand my thinking. And by the way, if network marketing is good enough it, it, to somebody like Paul J. Meyer, Paul Meyer, when he was the highest paid insurance agent in the state of Florida at the age of uh, 23, 19 years old, he was the, he was the youngest million-dollar roundtable uh, earner in the insurance world, 23, highest paid insurance agent in Florida, uh, he, he earned $800,000 when he was 23 years old, that was back in the 1950s. In today's dollars, it's like $6 million. Right. By the time he was 25, he owned two airplanes. And so when somebody like that was a distributor in a network marketing business, the only company he was ever a part of that he didn't start and found and own himself was the company that I was a part of that I'm still a part of. He's no longer here with us anymore, but um, he passed away about 10 years ago. By the way, when he when he passed away, he his, uh, his celebration, his funeral – in Texas was at the Paul J. Meyer Arena at Baylor University. Mm-hmm. He had people, Darren Hardy and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, Stephen, Stephen Covey. I mean, all these well-known people that we all know and love from around the world came. 2,200 people showed up for his funeral. And by the way, here's something else. Uh, I love what we do because um, I don't want this to happen anytime soon. But when you've had a lot of impact on a lot of people's lives, when your time comes, you're going to have people come out from everywhere to show up to say their goodbyes to you. And I, I don't live for my funeral. I don't, I, I, but I do live um, with the thought in my mind that I want to be the kind of person in my life that is caring, that is giving, that has impact, that meant something to people. So that when I do have my funeral, I hope that I live my life in a way that people would absolutely get on an airplane and come and see me off. I, and I hope that. everybody thinks that way. I feel the same way. I tell people all the time I'm playing for legacy. Like this is not just about what I'm doing today. This is about the generations to come. And of course, you know, you hope that you're a caring and compassionate and loving enough person that you've impacted like the thousands of people. Um, I want to go back on a couple of those things because I think that was so powerful. 
Uh, first of all, it, it leads me to a question because I think a lot of people do that. Oh, well, who should my mentor be? I thought it was my mom. I thought it was my dad. I thought it was my dog. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but I, I wonder, do you feel like your mentors need to be alive? Because you mentioned that Paul J. Meyer has passed. Um, and, and I just wondered, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll give you an example. I've got sitting here on this desk. Uh, books. And for example, I've met Robert Kiyosaki a few times. I've had him speak on a couple conference calls, but it's not like I've spent a lot of time with him. I've spent a little personal time with him, but I've spent a lot of time with him in his books. You know, so there's a lot of people that we all can be learning from. Should be, I never met Napoleon Hill, but I've read Think and Grow Rich probably a half a dozen times. I've never met Dale Carnegie, but one of the best books, a training manual on how to be a top recruiter is how to win friends and influence people. That is a recruiting training manual. I've never met Dale Carnegie. Somewhere but, literally uh, right around here. I'm like looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I appreciate your, uh, little, your little ceramic thumb behind you. Give me thumbs up on what I'm talking about. Of course. So you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you, I, I, I appreciate that question because it is so true. It's like, you don't have to have a physical mentor um, who is there with you uh, each and every day. You know, getting on other people's Zooms and webinars and podcasts and books. And, and here's the thing. A mentor uh, needs to, to have a mentor. It, it means you are a mentee. It's a two-way street. A mentor by him or herself is just a person, right? So it's a relationship. Now, how do you, uh, how do you, how do you uh, deserve a mentor? Because you do have to deserve it. You're, it's not just unconditional, your God-given right, hey, I'm alive, I'm a human being, so I, des- I, I mandate that I deserve to have mentors. No, you've got to show up with a good attitude and be coachable because if somebody comes to me and wants me to mentor them in my business and they're a pain in the ass, they complain about everything, they never act on anything we talk about, <sighs> they only call me with problems and they never call with solutions, they never call with something good. People ask me all the time, Brian, who do you work with? I'm like, I work with the people who make me feel the best. Yes. So if you want a mentor, show up and be like, hey, I want to, to deserve your time. Carry your mentor's briefcase. You know, go to a meeting and help them set up their meeting. Help them close it down. Help them walk to their car, carry stuff. I mean, do what you got to do because, look, they've got what you want. Stop acting like, oh, you know, it's socialism. So mentors should just sprinkle out their mentorship uh, evenly amongst everybody. No, you you got to go earn the mentorship. I'm so thankful you're talking about this. I recorded a very, I, I felt like it was a little sassy, but a YouTube video about this because I spoke about how I used Eric Worre, like you mentioned him as well, as my mentor. He still mentors me. And I mean, I worked so hard to deserve his time. Like I just shut up. And when he said, do this, I was like, I'm going to do it. And then when I have results, I'm going to let him know that some of the things he taught me are the reasons I'm making millions and millions of dollars a year. And now obviously it's because I was willing to be a mentee. I was willing to be coached. I was willing to say, how can I show up early? What do I need to buy from you? Do I need to get a book? Do I need to buy? What, what, what do you need? What do you need from me? What do you need from me? I'm here to serve. And so I love that. And thank you for clarifying about the, uh, you know, Dale Carnegie, all these people who are Napoleon Hill, not a alive anymore but are still able to mentor mentor all of us um by the way uh, you know let me just mention one thing so my blog before it became briancrothers.com because i just i started to have a name uh outside of my little cocoon of my own life yep in the the, uh generic network marketing space at large uh but before i did that um i I started writing some books i actually created fostermentor.com i wanted to be a foster mentor 
for all the network marketers out there who either did not have an active upline or they did, but maybe they were not really vibing with them, or maybe they took them as far as they felt like that person can take them. Maybe, maybe the only mentor they had access to was making like 3000 a month. Mm. And so that's pretty much all that person can, can really kind of lead them to. So I, I, I put myself out there as, Hey, I can be a foster mentor. I'm not here to talk about my business. I'm here to help you to do what I did in mine, in your business, right? Uh, to be a safe Switzerland, a safe entity that can share things that have worked for me that can work for you. So that's kind of what, what I, what I did. And then I wrote, and, and, and I know you said you already read it, but here's, I want to make a point that this, this, one of my biggest peeves is when people tell me that they've got this really important why. I'm doing this for my spouse. I'm doing this for my beloved kids. Uh, I, I'm doing this for my church. I'm doing this for, they're doing these, their business for these unbelievable altruistic reasons. But then I asked them, and even people on my own freaking team, right? They're in my business. <laughs> I, I, after 14 years of building my business and I made over $10 million at the time, I took a year and a half to write down everything we do in this business. I mean, 104 chapters, every, it is the blueprint, it's the manual. And I asked people on my team that tell me they got these big reasons why they got to succeed. They have to succeed. I said, hey, have you read Building an Empire yet? Well, no. They're not willing to either spend the $15 to buy the damn book or they're not willing to spend the time to read it. They would rather bang their head against the wall and get bloody in the business doing everything wrong for three years instead of spending a couple weeks digesting a simple book that could have taken those three years and cut their learning curve down by tenfold. Okay, so I have a question about that. What do you think – that is because of. So you've got the people who are like you. You're gifted a Lincoln Navigator by Paul J. Meyer because you break records because you are just, ah, go, go, go. And you didn't bang your head against the wall. You took the lessons that people were teaching you and you said, I'm just going to be a student. I'm going to do what people say to do. And you're winning at a very high level and have been for a very long time, which is why I love having you on here because some people can hit success and they lose it all. And it's like, did you get lucky? Did you-, you did not get lucky, Brian. You are the bomb. You are the real deal. Uh, and I appreciate you so much. So what, what is that? What is that about the people who it's like, you say you want financial freedom for your babies. You say you're sick of watching your husband go out the door, your wife go out the door to a job they hate. You say it's for your church. Okay, you tell me you have a why, but it's clearly not accurate because you're not doing anything. What, what are the differences between people like maybe you and me as an example and people who bang their heads against the wall, like you said? Well, it's either they're not doing anything or they're not doing enough of the right thing. Mm. So I forget where Grant said this, but Grant Cardone, he might have said it at GoPro. Uh, I was with, with him in, in uh, Los Angeles um, back in, I think, a few months ago. And he might have said it. I forget what stage he said it on. But Grant said, look, so many of these personal development um, teachers um, always say you fail your way to success. Just embrace every failure. And fail more, fail faster. And I've heard that so many times. And I get what that point is. But what Grant said is, I don't want to fail my way to success. He said, I want to learn from other people and what their failures were so I don't have to fail the same way they failed. That was GoPro. Like eliminate, yep. eliminate a bunch of the failure by learning from other people making those mistakes. Yep. I'm like, I'm asking myself, literally, I, don't know if you could, I got goosebumps just saying that just now because <laughs> seriously, it is so spot on. It's like, if you've got a mentor in your business that already figured out what worked and what doesn't work, 
and they will teach you, do this, but don't do that. But instead, you're so stubborn that you just say, well, I know, I just want to go do it my way because my way is going to be the way I want to do it. It's going to be better, and I, I feel better. It's more fun. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry about that. Whoopsies, got a phone so, call. You know, at, yeah, yeah. You know, look, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to when somebody really, really wants something bad enough, the three things that people need to have, and I talked about this in the beginning of building an empire, the three characteristics, burning desire, coachable, and willing to work. It's not enough to really, really, really want to succeed and make a lot of money and be willing to work, but not being coachable and doing it wrong. It's not enough to be having a burning desire and being coachable, but then you don't go do, do anything with it. You have to have all three, and very few people actually embody all three. So have a burning desire, be very 100% coachable, and be willing to work. And that whole coachability thing, I would ask your listeners to self-assess. Like step back from yourself and say, okay, on a scale of 1 to 100, how coachable have I been? And I would say they might think they're more coachable than they really are, but most people are below 50. Most people get a failing grade. They're probably questioning not why to do something, but they're probably questioning their mentor. I say it's okay to have questions, but don't question me, question it. If Mm -hmm. you want to know why I'm telling you this works, I'll tell you why. If you want to know that, it's good for you to know that. But don't question me. If you come to me as a mentee and you want me to mentor you, stop questioning me and what I'm telling you. You're on fire. You're on absolute fire. I love this. And I do want you guys to self-assess. I want you to say, do I have the burning desire? Am I 100% coachable? Not 20% coachable. Not when the weather's right. Am I coachable? Not when I kind of feel like it coachable. Not when financial situation gets so bad that I decide I'm coachable. And are you willing to work? Because there's definitely, I agree, all three are definitely, definitely required. Um, You asked me a question, though. You asked me a question. Why don't people do it? Sure. I think it's a matter of trust. I don't think that they believe in trust. I don't think they believe or trust that the mentor who is coaching them truly has their answers. If they did, if they had full belief in trust, they would probably do it. So and that's, that's on me. For example, for me, if I say, buy my book and read it, if they're not buying the book and reading it, either they don't believe that I know what I'm talking about and that I can help their business grow or they don't trust me that I am going to put them on the right path um, or they don't believe that the juice would be worth the squeeze. Like, I don't know that if I spend my money and my time to go read this book that it's actually going to be worth the effort of reading a book. There's a lot of people that just don't read. It's on Audible and they won't even listen to it on Audible. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think it's belief and trust. If, 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 uh, if a child, a, a, a one-year-old, or a two-year-old or a five-year-old, if a mom tells a child something, that child believes and trusts in his, him, his or her mom, right? So I think a network marketer needs to find a, a, a mentor where they truly will allow themselves, convince themselves to actually believe and trust. Even if, they're, if they've been betrayed before, they've had their heart broken before, they don't know how to fully trust somebody. You know, maybe this person's just trying to get over on me, trying to make money off of me. There's all kinds of of, of, of baggage that they're carrying with them. They got to just let go of the baggage and say, in order for me to succeed, I've got to, I got to let myself believe. I love that. Cause that is like the mushy Jesse Lee side that just, oh, right, I love it. 
I agree with you. You know, it's that kind of that two, two way street of belief, right? Like they have to believe in themselves and they have to believe that whoever they choose as their mentor also has the actual skills necessary. And, and I'm glad you said that because I actually never thought about it from that, from that perspective, which I just think is super, super, super powerful. Um, do you, I don't know how much you believe in quantum physics or energy or whatever, but I want to address this situation that just happened because I'm a little freaked out, like a little, I told everyone I would tell people how I got into network marketing and it involves you. So my story of network marketing is funny because the man who just called and interrupted our podcast, which I've never had a phone call in the middle of a podcast. So what even was that? He never calls me. Like I haven't had a phone call with him in three, four years, right? So the reason I'm in network marketing is because I actually want to go back to something you said at the very beginning, which is, which is you could not unsee what you saw. And I relate so heavily to that because I was in direct sales with a multi-million dollar team and there was a network marketer who told me, you know, you're getting robbed. You need to put your, the, your, the numbers you're putting on Facebook, put it into any network marketing compensation plan. And I did, and I would have been a flipping million dollar earner for God knows how many years. And I wanted, ah, couldn't unsee it couldn't unsee it. And so I started doing this whole thing where I'm looking then for a network marketing company. And everyone I call, I'm like, these people are scammers. I don't believe in these people. And somebody in your downline, Jamal, my friend Jamal, literally picked up the phone and called me and was like, I know you're not going to do legal shield. Okay. I know you don't want to do services, but let me tell you. And it's so funny because he does not, call, we do not have phone conversations. And he called in the middle of your podcast, like God bless Bless it. That is something. That's a that's a God thing. That's an energy thing. A quantum, whatever you want to call it. That's that's crazy. So, and, and, here, and, there's, and here's a, the the other part of that story is I haven't heard from Jamal in years either, right? So here I was a mentor, willing to lean in and work with him and help him to achieve whatever financial success he wanted. But again, not everybody not everybody wants it. Yeah. Sometimes we want it for people more than they want it for themselves, right? And so we, we have, one of the lessons that I had to learn along the, along the way is, you know, we, we sometimes say some will, some won't, so what, next, move on. I, I get that. Uh, my heart uh, has a hard time letting mm-hmm. go of somebody because mm-hmm. I know uh, that I can help somebody's life become so much better. And I really, really, really want it for them so much that I'm willing to spend my time away from my own family to put my time over there to help them. And it's heartbreaking to see anybody not, you you reach out your hand and they don't grab for it. It, It's heartbreaking. And anybody who's a network marketing builder, a leader, we build people. We recruit people into the business and we help build them. And when we're people builders, it does suck when we want to build somebody and they just don't want it. You feel like they're rejecting you. And it's, it's, it's hard to not feel that way. But one of the things I had to do. Do you still feel that way? I'm just curious now. I I still feel that way. Yeah, same. I still feel that way. And so, but, but, but when, as your team grows and you start working with people that stick with you and they are in growth mode, you have plenty of great stuff happening that it will offset the people that are, that are bumming you out. Um, But it'll never go away. You're right. You know, I've had family members that quit, quit on me. I had best friends that quit on me. And, you know, and, and here, here I'm using that language, quit on me. No, they quit on themselves. They quit on their own business. But here's the thing. When you're a mentor or when you're a business partner, it's a partnership, they're kind of quitting on a partnership. You're investing your time as a leader uh, and as an upline and as a coach, you're investing your time. 
So instead, when you invest months with somebody and then they decide I'm going to leave the business, all that time you took from your valuable time in your life, you took and invested in them, goes out the door with them. So I understand why somebody gets upset when somebody decides to move on and leave the company. Uh, You don't own people. I know I don't own anybody, but I'm vested in that person. It's a partnership that just dissolved. And that's hard for anybody. But the beauty of it is that I've watched hundreds of people that I've been able to work with and mentor who are retired from their jobs. They're living off their residual income. They're spending time with their kids. They're traveling right now during this, uh, this economic environment that we're facing right now around the world. A lot of the people that I've coached over the years are at home with their families, not worried about when are they going to be able to go back to work and start getting paid again because they've been able to build a network marketing business with a residual income. That's what I want for everybody. I, I love that. So again, there's so much good stuff in there. I'm pumped. He points at his shirt every time he says residual income. And I wish y'all could see it because it's like residual income. I love it. You know, uh, I had, I was talking to Marina Worry the other day and she's like, Jesse Lee is so overpaid for what she does. And that is residual income. Like that's where we want you all to get. We want you to get to that third kind of income. And that's what Brian's talking about. Um, I, 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 I disagree with that. What? That that's not that that's the only income. I'm just no, saying you I, I want just, to I have disagree. residual income. I think I think Marina was paying you a compliment um, and, 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 and complimenting the oh. industry. But here, here's what I disagree with. There are people in this world that are getting paid 10 times what you are, Jesse Lee, but they don't bring the value that you bring to people. There are people that that are like an actor and like a Marvel film and they're getting paid 20 million dollars to go film that film that year. And they're not, cha- they entertain somebody, but, but you're changing people's lives and their family's lives forever. I, don't, I think you're getting, I don't, I would never say that you're getting paid way more than what you're worth. You're bringing more value than they put a dollar sign on. Brian, I am a crier. I am straight up going to cry on this podcast. Don't you make me do it. I swear. Thank you. But, 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 but Marina's point is, yes. is that the network marketing model, you get paid a lot of money for time that you're not having to spend because you get the multiplication factor and you build other leaders. So you're actually getting paid on time that you're not having to spend because you put that time in and built later. So we're both right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. And I I love what you said that the wins are, they offset those people that we all still feel it. You know, you and I, I think pretty, we probably go toe to toe on recruiting and numbers. uh, And we'll talk about that in a second here. Like it still hurts when somebody leaves. I mean, I have my moment of like, what did I do to these people? And I, I love that even as successful and as many people as you have mentored to six and seven figures a year, their incomes, uh, you still had that humility in that moment where you said, you know what, you, you, you blamed yourself for a second and you had to correct yourself. And so I love that because some people might be like, wow, he's this a super powerful, aggressive businessman. But like, I hope you all see his heart through all of this. You know, the foster mentor, the writing of the books, all like even just his languaging. Uh, that I really feel like is why you're having the success you've had and you've sustained for so long. Um, speaking of the friends and family. So every time I've, so the first time I saw you, God, I don't know, four, five, five years, I don't know, while ago. Okay. Uh, and I, it was my first year in network marketing. So, you know, maybe four years ago, I was at GoPro. I believe you were doing the consistency popcorn thing. And, uh, Eric had edified you as being one of the most, if not the most consistent recruiter 
of all time. And so two-part question. First of all, I mean, are you just recruiting friends and family? Like, do you have a very big family that we need to know about where you're recruiting, you know, four to eight a month or whatever it is of just a whole lot of cousins and babies oh, making babies and whatever? <laughs> Our family has so much sex, we're popping out babies. That's how we do it, right? <laughs> uh, are you a bunch of breeders? Or, uh, you know, you're a big-time recruiter, Brian. I mean, how many people have you recruited, and where are you finding these people? And uh, let's just let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's everything. It's warm market, cold market, online, offline. You know, I've been doing – I've been full-time in this business for 21 years. Uh, in that time, I've recruited 1,600 people. Um, you know, I've slowed down in recent years. Uh, I, I, I rarely have a month where I don't recruit somebody. Uh, but back in the day, I was recruiting 10 people a month every month for about the first 10 years. Yep. So um, they came from everywhere. Three foot rule, out and about meeting. You know, if I, if I was at a restaurant, the server was nice and friendly and outgoing. I would, I would, I would pitch him or her. I mean, it, you know, I would buy online leads where people answered an ad for a home-based business opportunity, work from home. Uh, but I'm still, I still do some of those today. I mean, I've recruited about a thousand people that way uh, just by working the phones. Hey, you asked for inf information about our company's work from home program. Would you want to check out some information if I send it over to you? Back then, I would, I would have them listen to a conference call. Now I send them a video link. Um, that's very easy to do. Um, you know, in my top recruiter secrets program, I, I go through the, the, the uh, 13 different sources of where I find leads, whether it be social media. I know you're like the queen of, of, I mean, you probably don't pay any money no. to, to generate a lead because you're an attractor. Like if you show up and bring value to the world on social media, people are going to be attracted to you. And then you convert the, the eyeballs into, you know, conversation that's going to lead them down the path to learn, looking about what you do for a living. So, you know, you know, that's why I tell everybody, find what you most enjoy. If you enjoy connecting with people on social media and you've, and you've got the kind of energy like Jesse Lee that can, that can strike up a conversation and be, friend them and then show them your business. There's a lot of people that have that skill and that that's their knack. Go for it. If you're an introvert and you just can't do it, well, the great thing about social media, by the way, is you don't have to talk to somebody. You can actually message them. You can hide behind your keyboard and still do that. Um, you know, I still like to work the phones. I still like to have coffee with people. I still, our company still has business presentations like seminars. So we do weekly at a hotel, right? We, so we still do old school and new school. Yeah, uh, I'm secretly an in-person builder as well. People just don't know that. I'm a bit of a monster in person too. So it's weird uh, with the whole corona thing. My weekly schedule is totally changed. You know, I don't have nearly as many one-on-ones or I take people to the, we have a, I live 20 minutes from the lab here in Dallas. And so every week I'm shuttling leads and just, I mean, people don't know. People don't know. But I love what you said, which is it's everything. Right. It's 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 you've got 13 different ways you source leads. You're still working the phones. The three foot rule for those who were like, what the heck is that? He went so fast through that. If someone's within three feet of you, you talk to them. You have a conversation and you judge off of their energy whether or not you want to continue the conversation. Like he said, the, the waitress who's fired up and is really positive And you're like, man, I know this waitress, you know, she could be good at something like that. But what he really said, which is showing up and bringing value, if we could all do a little bit more of that, if we could offer a little bit more value in our day and don't overthink that. I mean, sometimes it's comedy that people need right now. Sometimes it's, you know, you can be the news source for people. Sometimes you can be the network marketer who can train. Sometimes you can be the, 
girl who does her makeup or the man who does his skincare. I don't know. Whatever you men do. I don't know. Like, shave on camera. I don't know what to tell you, okay? I've never been a man. Not interested. He just, like, stroked his hair. It's pretty funny. Um, But whatever your thing is, you're going to find your people. And ultimately, you know, you're going to... I mean, Brian and I attract very different people. We are very different network marketers, but we're both very successful. So don't overthink that. Don't overthink that. Um, okay, so... Oh, one, one thing I'll, I'll throw in there. Yep. And I'll, I'll send you... I, did, I recorded a video last year called Powerful Prospecting. It's like a 25-minute training video. I put it on my blog. Uh, I'll, I'll direct you to it so you cool. can grab it and share it with people yeah, if you want that. to. But in the, it, one of the things I talk about in there is... First of all, stop selling, start solving. Stop recruiting, start solving. So if you want to recruit people on your team, it's not about you pointing pointing out to them all the problems in their life. You're going to put them on the defense. um, And when they get defensive, they're going to not like you. And they're going to justify how they like their life the way way that it is, even if they don't. So your goal should be to be vulnerable, share the problems in your life that you have or had, and ask them if they can relate. You want to always get people to say, me too. Hey, here's the problem in my real estate life. I was working 60 hours a week, didn't have time for my family and friends. Uh, I don't know if you uh, work those kind of hours and feel that way at your job. Oh, yeah, me too. Okay. And then you share with them the solution you found and ask them if they would like to take a look at it. Okay, hold on, because that might be everything people need in this podcast. Be vulnerable, share your problems, even if they're from your past, and get them to relate. You are looking for it. Y'all need to write those two words down. Me too. You're looking for the me too. By the way, you have no idea what I'm doing right now, Brian, but it's okay. For those of you doing the scavenger hunt for the word, the letter of this podcast is E. E as in elephant, E as in excellent, E as in exclamation point. This podcast is so freaking good. Okay, so get them to say me too. I'm obsessed with that. I love that. I love little like little hacks like that that somebody can remember really easily. Getting people to that me too where then they relate to your vulnerability instead of your big power, I'm sure is how you still are recruiting because oh, yeah, otherwise you would look terrifying to people. Oh my gosh, he's got Ferraris and ah, I don't even know. You have so many cars. Like he lives in this big house and he's da 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 you know. But there's still that me too. There's that, hey, I get it, but we all come from something. We all have traumas. We all have situations we wish maybe weren't what they are. And finding that common ground and sharing your heart with people, I agree, is the strongest, quote unquote, recruiting tactic out there. Absolutely. I think I'll, I'll shoot you that video. I think you'll, you'll get some good value. Yeah. Probably can, uh, you know, share it with, uh, with your folks and, and how to do that. I mean, I, I, it's, it's not that much more than what we just talked about yeah. sharing the you you want to craft and package your story so that they can relate to it. So they can realize based on your story that they've got problems in their life that they probably would like to solve. And if your opportunity can help them solve for that, um, that's the name of the game. And then, then from there, you get them to check out a third-party presentation and go down a recruiting path with them, which I'm all about system. I'm all about third-party. I'm all about edification. I'm all about doing stuff that duplicates, not just what some superstar salesperson can do, but what the average everyday person can do. That's the only way I grew my team to hundreds of thousands of people. I agree I could with that. I probably Love sell that. somebody on something. I could probably personally recruit somebody into my business, which I have. But the reason why a lot of people have succeeded with it is because I do things only in a way that the average person who is probably introverted, probably has no track record or background in something like this, 
can do. It has to pass through the eight filters of duplication. I completely agree with that. I, I, it's interesting. We have very different personalities, but then there are certainly congruencies here and there. I'm like, oh, my man. Uh, but we don't duplicate. Personalities do not duplicate. And, and so the systems, the edification, the duplication, the third parties, the uh, resources, the connection, the connection, the connection. It's one thing to attract people. It's a whole other ballgame to then connect them to something. So it doesn't. you don't have to be the be-all, end-all, especially in this kind of... You know, you've gone through a couple different eras of network marketing now, not to like make you sound like an old person because you're not. Uh, you started at like, you know, very young in network marketing, but like you've been through different times. And I feel like in this whole, you know, influencer marketing thing we've got going on right now, too many people are letting their businesses and they see they're, they're letting their businesses ride on this personality thing instead of having some kind of system in place. And then they have these pop and drop checks or these pop and drop positions where they're, they're riding. Oh yeah, I'm a diamond, double die, black diamond, triple, whatever the heck. I'm an elite unicorn, something, something. And it's like, well, I don't want a transactional business. And I think that you nailed it. If you want to have a business that lasts 25 years like Brian's and still going, uh, you're going to have to create systems for duplication. And I, I'm really glad you hit on that because I think some people think, oh my gosh, how does that, how do I, how do I build a team of hundreds of thousands of people? Like Brian said, he said he recruited 1600 people. Something is duplicating. Something is duplicating. So thank you for saying yeah. that. I think a lot of people and I, are. I mean, I'm, and I don't have a massive following, right? It's not like I've, I could just snap my fingers because I've got a million people following me and I can just recruit people like that. I mean, on Instagram, I haven't even broken 10,000 followers on Instagram yet. I'm putting great content on there and so forth. I feel great about what I do on Instagram to be able to bring value to people, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any secret sauce that anybody that's listening to this right now can't go do. Mm. I hope y'all hear that. Say that again. That's so good. We'll need to hear that. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's anytime people look at the seven big earners, people probably are going into their head thinking and saying to themselves, oh, well, yeah, of course he makes that kind of money because of X. Of course she's a seven figure earner because of Y. At the end of the day, I feel like that's a the scapegoat. People are trying to pin the lack of their success on a reason. And the only reason is, is that you haven't found your superpower yet. Your superpower could be, I am the coolest introvert you'll ever meet. And I am really good at texting people, all right? Or it doesn't matter what it is. Just lean into whatever you want to lean into in your business and go full tilt with it. Okay, I'm not a big, my point is I'm not a huge guy on social media. I'm trying to bring value there. Whether people follow me or not, it's up to them. But that's not where I get my business from. Okay, you can if, you, if you're good there. But I, that's why I, I don't do that. So I, just, I, I think the biggest takeaway that as, as a listener, if you're making $100 a month in your business right now or 1000 a month or 10000 a month, the stuff that we're talking about, Jessica Lee and I, you and I right now, it can help somebody go from 10000 to 100000 a month. But it could also take somebody from $100 a month to 5000 a month. So this can help. These, these are philosophy and mindset conversations that can be applied at any level in your journey. I love that. Ah, what is your superpower? Find out what it is and lean into that with your business. So good. So Brian, I respect your time. I would love for you to leave everybody with one more closing thought if you want. Maybe the, maybe the, a defining moment of your career that you wish you heard 
10 years earlier or something like that or whatever you feel like sharing. But uh, if you don't already follow Brian Carruthers everywhere, let's help get him to the 10,000 followers on Instagram uh, or Facebook or wherever. Um, but there are so many different resources on here that I will also tag in the uh, the info section of this podcast for those of you to check out as well. And uh, I just appreciate you so much. So leave them with some wisdom and then we'll close this sucker out. Uh, for sure. I think that, that without planning for that uh, question, um, the first thing that always comes to my, my mind that has served me so well is consistency. And for anybody who didn't uh, see my talk at GoPro a few years ago, I brought a microwave up on stage and I took a bag of microwave popcorn and stuck it in. I closed the door and turned it on and I let it go one, two, three, four, five, Six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten, eleven. Open up the door because I was hungry and I was impatient to. Ch- and I opened up and there's no popcorn yet. Close it up. Turn it on. One, two, three. By the way, is is is, is me counting out loud slowly annoying the shit out of you? Yeah, like I'm kind of annoyed. Get to the yeah, point. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: it's annoying. Because, and that's how your business is going to make you feel a lot of times. You're going to be impatient. So when you're doing a one, two, three, four, five, do you realize I open and close it several times on stage? And what I share with everybody is you will never eat that popcorn unless you give it consistent heat for at least two minutes. If you keep stop, start, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, that's what people do in network marketing. They work their business hard for a week. And then they go chill for a, a, a month and they come back for a month and they're gone for a week. And if it's on, off, on, off, on, off, you'll never, ever build success and momentum. Your business, that's, your business is just like the microwave popcorn, guys. You've got to make sure you are consistent. It's not seven apples on Sunday keeps the doctor away. It's an apple a day that keeps the doctor away. You don't have to do, if you just do two exposures a day, two prospects a day, you get to see some information. You don't have to go do 20 today, 50 today. Just do two a day consistently over an extended period of time. So remember the microwave popcorns, uh, you know, analogy, please, you guys remember that just if, if you ever question, why is my business not making me money? It's not your business. Your business works. You're not working it consistently. That's the number one thing. I love it so much. Not seven apples on Sunday, keeping the doctor away. You funny man, Brad. You funny man. I want to thank you so much for your time. I love and I appreciate everything I have learned from you in this podcast. Absolutely. I hope people listen to 15 times or something like that. There are so many notes, but I truly value your time. I know how much that is worth. And so uh, this is, I guess, a benefit of Corona is both of us are locked in our homes and we can't prospect anybody in public. So um, I really appreciate your knowledge and your expertise. And I hope everyone has at least shared this out five times with people. Make sure you screenshot it, put it in your story, and make sure you follow Brian Carruthers absolutely everywhere. Thank you so much for your time, Brian. I really appreciate you. It's great. Great spending time with you. Love you. Absolutely. Love you too.